Thanks for joining us here at New Song Church, where we are helping people to know God, find freedom, discover purpose, and make a difference. If you have any questions at all or just want to learn more about us as a church, you can check us out online at mynsc.org. It's the best way to stay connected with us throughout your week. And now, check out this week's sermon. Glad that you're here today. My name is Justin Chambers. I'm the senior pastor here at New Song, and um, it's my pl- privilege and uh, absolute pre- pleasure to present the Word of God to you this morning. We got a lot of scripture to go through today uh, in order for this all to make sense. How many know it's okay to study the Bible while you're in church? Is right. Okay, so how many are ready to study the Word of God? All right, let's do that. Let's let's do that. Get out your sermon notes. We're going to start in Luke chapter five as we continue this uh, series on. Epic failures. Last week, we talked about uh, Samson uh, in the Bible. This week, we're going to New Testament. We're going to go to Peter, Simon Peter. And then next week, we're going to go back to the Old Testament and look at somebody else. It's going to be great. So don't don't uh, uh, miss that at all. It's going to be wonderful. Make sure you're here next Sunday, next Sunday morning. It's going to be wonderful. Uh, I, I want to start in, in, in about the calling of Peter, of Simon Peter. And we, we have to start here in order to, to finish where we're going to finish or else we're missing out on a lot of great stuff if we don't start uh, right here. So this is Luke chapter 5, starting in verse 1. It says, one day as Jesus was standing by the lake of Gennesaret. Now, let's stop right there. The, the, the lake of Gennesaret is often called the Sea of Gennesaret or the Sea of Galilee, Sometimes it's called uh, Lake, of Ti- or, or Lake, Lake of Tiberias or the Sea of Tiberias. There are multiple names for this one lake. It's not a sea. In fact, in, in the original Hebrew, you probably need to know that, that there is no distinction in, in the original Hebrew between sea and lake. There, there's no distinct um, difference there. So uh, that's why, you, you know, you say, well, the Dead Sea. If you've been to the Dead Sea, I have... It's not really a sea. It's just a big lake, you know? And, and in fact, the Sea of Galilee, my wife and I have been uh, to the Sea of Galilee. We've been on the water. We've, we've been on shore. We've been at this location where tradition holds that um, this happened in, in Peter's life. We've, you know, we've, we've been on the waters that Jesus walked on, and it's a wonderful, beautiful experience. And I will tell you that the Sea of Galilee, or the Lake of uh, Gennesaret, it's the same, the Sea of Galilee is uh, the lowest freshwater lake in the entire world. In fact, it's the second, um, it's the lowest freshwater. The the only lake that is lower in, in elevation than the Sea of Galilee is the Dead Sea. And of course, that's a saltwater lake. That's not a, a freshwater lake. So the Sea of Galilee is a freshwater lake. It is the lowest throughout the entire world. And one day, Jesus was was standing at this lake. In fact, this was a, 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 an area that Jesus was at a lot. In fact, Capernaum is right there. We know Jesus spent much, much time in Capernaum and, and the, really the surrounding areas. A lot of Jesus' miracles happened right around the lake of Galilee or the Sea of Galilee. So this is where he is when he calls Peter. One day, Jesus was standing by the lake of Gennesaret, The people were crowding around him and listening to the word of God. And he saw at the water's edge two boats left there by the fishermen who were washing their nets. And he got out 
into one of the boats, the one belonging to Simon, or we could say Simon Peter. Was this a coincidence? Everybody say, no, not a coincidence. Jesus knew exactly what he was doing. He knew where Simon Peter was in this moment. He, he, he knew that he was there with the nets. And Jesus got into the boat belonging to Simon and asked him to put, a, uh, to put out a little from shore. Then he sat down, which of course Simon Peter did. Then he sat down and he taught the people from the boat. Now, a lot of people say, well, this is because Jesus was being crowded. So he went out in, in the water, the water's edge where people had to stop at the lake and gave him some space. No doubt that comes into play. But I believe this is another way of Jesus introducing himself to Simon Peter and for Simon Peter to listen to what the teacher would have to say. Verse 4, and when he'd finished speaking, he said to Simon, put out in deep water and let down the nets for a catch. And Simon answered, Master, we've worked hard all night and we haven't caught anything. Now, I want you to, to take that and freeze it in your mind, shelf it in your mind, because that's a preview of what's to come later in the life of Peter. He said, Master, we've worked hard all night, haven't caught anything, but because you say so, I will let down the nets. And when they had done so, they caught such a large number of fish that their nets began to break. So they signaled their partners and other fishing boats to come out and help them, and they came and filled boats so full that they began to sink. And when Simon Peter saw this, he fell at Jesus' knees and said, Look away from me, Lord. Go, go away from me, Lord. I am a sinful man. And what he's saying is, I know that you're from God. And I know that I don't look much like God myself. I don't act like God. I don't think like God. I am a sinful man. And I need you to go away because I, I can't handle this, this relationship here. I can't be in, in such close proximity to you. And, and guilt, no doubt, is flooding his life. I am a sinful, for, a sinful man. For he and all of his companions were astonished at the catch of fish that they had taken. And so were James and John, the sons of, Ze of Zebedee. They were Simon's partners. They were his partners. Then Jesus said to Simon, don't be afraid. From now on, you will fish for people or you will be a fisher of men. So they pulled their boats up on shore. They left everything and they followed him. This was Peter's calling. In fact, when Jesus said, you are going to be a fisher of men, he was telling Peter of his purpose. I have a purpose for you and you need to follow me. And Simon Peter did just that. Now, we're going to fast forward to Luke chapter 22. And when we get here, we know that, that this is at the end of Jesus' ministry. And, and what should tell you that? We're all that way at the end of Luke, Luke chapter 22. So this is the end. How many know when you get to the end of the Gospels, it's probably at the end of Jesus' ministry, right? And so that's what's happening right now. We're at Luke chapter 22. It's the end of Jesus' ministry. And, and Peter has already failed several times in, 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 his, in his life with Jesus. He's already made some big mistakes in his life, one of which was huge. And it was when, remember when uh, Jesus was teaching the disciples about um, 
hey, my time is coming to an end, and I'm about to go to the cross, and I'm going to die, and this is for all of you. I'm going to take the sins of mankind on myself is what he was teaching them, and then I'm going to rise again on the third day. But but make no mistake, I will be tormented. I'll be tortured. I'll be beaten. I'll, I'll be whipped. I'll, I'll be taken to a cross. And Peter, Peter, the Bible says that Peter actually took Jesus aside. <laughs> Jesus, come here. Silly goof. <laughs> come on. <laughs> Okay, he didn't really say it like that, but he did pull Jesus aside. And he said, Jesus, like, far, far be this from happening. Like, this cannot happen to you. You are the teacher. You are, you are the guy. You are the one. And how dare you say these things that you're going to, to go through this and you're going to die. And Jesus looked at Peter and he said, get thee behind me, Satan. It's King James Version. Get behind me, Satan. For you're, you're not thinking God thoughts, you're thinking man thoughts. Now, was he calling Peter Satan? No, but he was saying that, hey, Satan is, you're listening to the voice of Satan, and Satan is actually speaking through you, and what are you trying to do? Tempt me from not fulfilling my call? The, the call that God has upon my life, the call that my heavenly father has sent me to earth to fulfill? Are you really saying that? Peter, get behind me. Get behind me because I must do what the master has called me to do. Could you imagine? Could you imagine being rebuked by the Lord Jesus Christ to that level? What if Jesus looked at you? He said, get away from me, Satan. How many know that you'd have a bad day? Come on, that'd be a bad day if the son of God called you, Satan, told you to get away. Talk about guilt. Talk about shame. Talk about embarrassment. Talk about regret. The regret that he must felt. Why can't I keep my mouth shut? Right? And here we have Luke 22. Because that's just one of Peter's failures. He's about to fail again. Luke 22, this is Jesus, Simon, Simon, Peter, Satan has asked to sift all of you as wheat, but I have prayed for you, Simon, that your faith may not fail. And, and when you have turned back, strengthen your brothers. I've prayed for you that your faith isn't going to fail, but it's going to fail. And when you fail, turn back, repent. Strengthen your brothers. But Peter replied, Lord, I'm ready to go with you to prison and to death. And Jesus answered, you big liar. No, you're not. He said, I tell you, Peter, before the rooster crows today, you will deny three times that you know me. Peter, let's get real. I know in your heart you think you got this, but you don't. I know in your heart you, you think that you're this great man of God, but you're not there yet, and you're going to fail. Can I tell you some good news out of this? You're thinking, Pastor, where's the encouragement in this? Let, let me tell you something. All of us as believers, we all know that we have been called by God, but I want you to write this down, that God knew you were going to fail 
before he called you. He knew that we were going to fail before he called us. He called, he called Simon Peter on, on the shore of Galilee, the Sea of Galilee. And he said, Peter, come and follow me. And Jesus knew full well that Peter wasn't just going to fail once. He wasn't just going to fail twice. That Peter was actually going to fail over and over again. And yet Jesus still called Peter. And I'm telling you, everybody, I'm telling you that your failures, your failures will not keep you from the plan of God on your life unless you let them. But I promise you, it's not God. If you say, well, I just can't do it. Can I tell you, that's not the voice of God. That is the enemy speaking through you. The Bible says that the call of God is without repentance. And that means this, that God never calls somebody and says, oh man, I made a mistake. I shouldn't have called that person. They're just too far gone now. He never does that. God never repents of his calling. And and if you are a believer, the Bible says all of us have been called according to his purposes. All of us have been called and he loves us and he has things planned for us. And if you say, boy, I've just failed too much. Really? Has has Jesus ever called you Satan? Because you haven't failed that much. And yet the Bible's trying to teach us something. You're not past the call of God, that the call of God still applies to your life. I don't care how old you are. I don't care what you've done, where you've been. I'm telling you, if you're like Peter and you fall on your face and say, Father, I've sinned. I have fallen short of your glory. Forgive me and use me for your kingdom. God says, yes. He says that purpose that I have for you is still on you. Now, might, might it change a little bit? Yeah, maybe it wasn't originally. Maybe you haven't lived out exactly what God has wanted you to live out. But it doesn't mean that you can't do something great for the glory of God underneath his calling and his anointing, everybody. I'm just telling you, how many could say a big amen to that? It's just not too late. It's not too late. So God knew that we were going to fail before he called us, and yet he did call us. Now we're going to fast forward a little bit more to Luke chapter 22, because here we get to another one of Peter's failures. Now, Jesus has already predicted this, and now it's about to happen. Luke chapter 22, verse 54. Then seizing him, they led him away, Jesus, and they took him into the house of the high priest, and Peter followed at a distance. Now, so, so what's happened is they've already gone to the Garden of Gethsemane. They've, they've already, uh, 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 Judas has already betrayed Jesus. Peter has actually already taken out a knife or a sword and cut off the, the ear of, of one of the people that were coming to arrest Jesus. Remember that story? And Jesus actually kind of picked up the ear and put it back on and healed the guy and said, Peter, what are you doing? So even in that, Peter fails. Come on, everybody. Peter Peter was used to failing, and he's, he's failing again. And he took him into the house of the high priest, and Peter followed at a distance. And he did that because he was fearful. And when some there had kindled a fire. Now, I, I believe this is, I, I really love the New International Version, but this is one of those places that the New International Version um, could have put in something, should have put in something. In the original text, it's there, and for some reason, they didn't put it in here. I don't know why. 
But the original text says it wasn't just a fire, it was a charcoal fire. It was a fire made out of coals. And that is only used two places in the Bible. This is one of them, and I'll show you the other one in just a few seconds. So this just isn't a normal fire. It is a fire, the Bible specifically says, in the best translations, that is a charcoal fire or fire made of coals in the middle of the courtyard. And it sat down together. Peter sat down with them. A servant girl saw him seated there in the firelight, and she looked closely at him and said, this man was with him. But he denied it. Woman, I don't know him, he said. A little later, someone else saw him and said, you are one of them. You also are one of them. Man, I am not, Peter replied. About an hour later, another asserted, certainly this fellow was with him, for he is a Galilean. And Peter replied, man, I don't know what you're talking about. And just as he was speaking, the rooster crowed. Let's stop right there. Uh, there are other translations in other gospels. It says that Peter was not only denying Christ, but he was denying Christ with curses or with oaths, uh, even a deeper level of denial. Let's say it like that. He wasn't just denying. He was strongly denying with curses and with oaths. And he said, right when he did it the third time, the rooster crowed. What's this? Verse 61. And the Lord turned And he looked straight at Peter. Could you imagine another time in Peter's life? One time Jesus looks at Peter and says, get behind me, Satan. And now here's another time that Jesus turns and he looks straight at Peter. And if you think that the look on Jesus' face was anger, a rolling of the eyes, utter disappointment. I think you're wrong. I think, I really think, truly believe that this moment broke the heart of Jesus, our Savior. That he looked straight at Peter. Oh, Peter, I tried to tell you. I wanted you to win. I wanted you to do the right thing. But it's okay. I got you, and you'll see that it's going to be okay. I think in the eyes of Jesus at this moment, they were eyes of forgiveness. Because Jesus knew about Peter. He knew Peter, and he knew what Peter was supposed to do. He looked straight at Peter, and then Peter remembered the word the Lord had spoken to him before the rooster crows today. You will disown me three times. And Peter went outside, and he wept bitterly, the Bible says. And what that is, is this type of weeping that is uncontrollable, like uncontrollable weeping. Have you done that before? I have. Uncontrollable, where your weeping doesn't seem like it's accomplishing what you want it to accomplish. That the, as much as you weep, it's getting you nowhere. Weeping bitterly, the regret that he had. Now, of course, you know what happens at that point. You know that Jesus is pronounced guilty. He's beaten. He's tortured. 
He's flogged. He's taken to the cross. He is crucified. He's laid to rest in a borrowed tomb because on that Sunday he came out of the grave. Amen. He came out of the grave. And after that, remember the disciples were kind of hiding out because they were scared of, of popular opinion. They were scared of those around them. And Jesus actually makes a couple of appearances to them, but Jesus is about to appear another time. And this time we're going to look at John chapter 21. What's what happens here? And again, we are back at the Sea of Galilee. Afterward, Jesus appeared again to his disciples by the Sea of Galilee. And remember, this is, this is, this is uh, the glorified Jesus. This is post-resurrection Jesus. He has not ascended to the Heavenly Father as of yet, but he is still walking and encouraging and performing uh, the miraculous. After Jesus appeared again to, to the, his disciples by the Sea of Galilee, it happened this way. Simon Peter, Thomas, also known as Didymus, Nathaniel from Canaan, Galilee, the sons of Zebedee, and two other disciples were together. And Peter told them, I'm going out to fish. I'm going out to fish. I, I, don't, I don't know what else to do. I don't know where else to go. I'm going to go back fishing. And they said, no surprise here, we'll, we'll go with you. So they went out and got into the boat, but that night they caught nothing. Now, now, this is a reminder of what was happening to Peter when he was first called. Remember that he was he he, he met Jesus. Jesus borrowed the boat, and Jesus said, "Hey, let's put out to deep water." And Peter says, "I've been out there all night and haven't caught a thing. I've I've caught." nothing and jesus says let's just try it again and he does and of course their boats get loaded down to the point of seeking sinking so they went out and got in the boat john 21 says that that night and they caught nothing early in the morning after they'd been out all night jesus stood on the shore of galilee but the disciples did not realize that it was Jesus, and he called out to them, Friends, haven't you any fish? No, they answered. He said, Well, throw your net on the right side of the boat, and you will find some. Now, remember, the first time he told Peter, Hey, we're going to go put out in deep water. Well, Jesus, I've already done that. I've already put out in deep water, and we caught nothing. Jesus said, Well, we're going to do it again. And they did, and they, they caught fish. Now, Jesus is yelling from the shore. He's saying, Hey, put your net on the other side. Are you kidding me, Jesus? 10 feet? Do you think 10 feet is going to make a difference? If we drop our, how many know that if, if you're fishing in the spot where there's no fish, you're just not going to catch any? And Peter's saying, hey, there's no fish here. We've, is, is one side of the boat going to make a difference? And yet, he does it. He does it. Throw your net on the right side of the boat and you'll find some. And when they did, they were unable to haul the net in because of the large number of fish. You know what Jesus did? Jesus was, watch, 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 watch. Jesus was taking Peter back to his calling. He was, he, he was taking, he was taking uh, uh, Peter on, on this, on this ride, this, this memorial ride back to his calling. And he's giving him, remember Peter, remember when I first met you, 
Remember how you'd fished all night? Remember that I told you to put out the nets and you weren't catching anything, but now you did? Do you remember he's taking Peter to the point of his, uh, to his calling? He's making Peter recall his calling. And then the disciple whom Jesus loved said to Peter, it's the Lord. And as soon as Simon Peter heard him say, it's the Lord, he wrapped his outer garment around him for he had taken it off and he jumped into the water. Let's stop right there. So, so what, you know, what happened? They had, they had layers of garments and he was just fishing. So he wasn't out to impress anybody. He probably just had a base layer on and that was it. Well, he took this other outer garment and the Bible says he just jumped in the water. The, the original text there is like he flung himself in the water. Like it wasn't a pretty dive. It wouldn't have scored a 10, everybody. It was just like, you know what I'm saying? Like, I'm just going to get to Jesus as fast as I can. How many of you, whenever you're in a rush, sometimes you, you just do stupid things. Like my, my son just called us a few days ago. He's down in Baton Rouge. So they had all this flooding and thankfully it didn't come into the house, but it was like an inch away from getting into the, to the house. And, um, um, he and his friends were outside sandbagging around the house to try to keep the water out and, and, um, you know, when flooding happens in, in Louisiana, uh, snakes come out. And there was a, uh, they said they saw multiple water moccasins, but there was one water moccasin nearby. And, and Isaac, you know, hey, if that snake's going that way, well, I'm going that way. And so they, well, one of the guys, the, a big guy about my size, this football player uh, guy, 19 years old, he decides just to run. Well, there's about four inches, five inches of water in the, in the yard. I mean, it's just flooded. Water is everywhere. He can't see what he's doing. Can't see. He just starts running. And after just a few steps, just falls flat on his face, just makes a big splash in the water. Of course, everybody's laughing because when you react really quickly, you're not thinking pretty. You're just thinking fast, right? One time I was uh, pouring uh, some, uh, was trying to get a fire, fire started and I was pouring some gasoline on the fire. <laughs> well, the gasoline, the fire kind of started going up the, 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 the yeah whatever and and I dropped that I dropped that gas can because I'm thinking I'm about to die and I turn around and I start I start running which means I just tripped and fell on my face <laughs> and my kids thought I did that just you know to like duck and cover you know like no I just tripped actually I just it wasn't cool it might it just you know what I'm saying just he just flung himself into the water he just wanted to be with Jesus, he wasn't worried. Let me, let me tell you, when he was coming back to Jesus, he didn't care what he looked like. He didn't care what he acted like. And I have seen people come to the altar of Christ, come to the altar and just pour themselves out before the Lord. And they didn't give a rip what anybody thought about them. They just wanted to know Jesus. They just wanted to love Jesus. They wanted to come back to Jesus. And I'm telling you, that's one of the most beautiful things you could ever see in your life. Some people are really messy when they come back, and I love it. I love it. Are you like me? Do you just love it when messy people come back to Jesus and they, they don't care what others think? It's just such a beautiful thing. So he jumped in the water, and the other, the other disciples followed in the boat, towing the net full of fish, for they were not far from church, or they're only about 100, 100 yards out. And when they landed, they saw this fire. Now, could you imagine that like, like Peter just flings himself in the water and he's going for all these? Well, they're only 100 yards out. Could you imagine the other disciples rowing? Well, there's, he'll catch up. Don't worry. You know, like he'll, it's going to be fine because Peter is so, he's so just 
it's like if, if an idea hits him, he just goes for it. He just, he doesn't think things through a lot of times. He just goes. That's who Peter is. And the disciples, they row and they land there and they saw a fire. And this is the other place in the Bible where it says this, that they find, they, they see a fire. They see a fire of burning coals. And there was fish on it and some bread. And Jesus is saying, hey, listen, Peter, remember, we visited your calling. We visited your calling, but now we have to revisit your failure. Because Peter, you can't move on. You can't do what I've called you to do until, until we deal with this. And remember, it was at a charcoal fire where you denied me. But it'll be at a charcoal fire where I restore you. Because we're going to get past this moment right here. And this is so beautiful. Jesus had some fish and some bread already on the fire. And Jesus said to them, why don't you guys bring some of the fish that you caught? So Simon, Peter climbed back into the boat. Now, did Jesus need these fish? No, he already had fish and bread on the fire. Now he's showing Peter once again his calling. He's saying, no, no, Peter, hey, hey. Why, why, don't you, why don't you get some fish that you caught? Bring it over here. Now he's revisiting the calling again. He's saying, remember, Peter, I told you you were going to be a fisher of men. Why don't, why don't you bring me the fish that, that you caught? So Simon Peter, he climbed back into the boat. He dragged the net ashore, and it was full of fish, 153 of them. But even with so many, the net was not torn. And Jesus said to them, hey, you stinking little jerks. <laughs> yeah, you guys are nuts. I can't believe I put up with you. No, he said, come and have breakfast. Come on, let's just sit down and eat for a little while. And none of the disciples dared ask him, who are you? They knew it was the Lord. And Jesus came and he took the bread and he gave it to them. And he did the same with the fish. Now verse 15. And when they had finished eating, Jesus said to Simon Peter, Simon, son of Jonah, do you love me more than these? Let's stop right there. Now I'm going to teach you something about this that maybe you've never heard before. And Jesus is, is teaching. It, let, let me say it this way. Jesus is, is teaching a lesson. And he hasn't taught it yet, but he's in the middle of telling it. And you've probably heard this story taught in the past. Well, Jesus said, uh, um, you know, do you love me? Well, Peter, yes, of course I love you. You'll feed my sheep. Well, do you love me? Well, yes, of course I love you. And you've heard Stories about maybe a change of language and a change of words there. And I, I want you to look past that just for a second. Because the first thing that Jesus says is Simon Peter, or Simon, son of John, do you love me more than these? Well, who are, who are these? What are these? Have you ever thought about that? Is he saying, Simon, do you love me more than these disciples that you're gathered around? Do you love me more than the people that you might see? This is my opinion. This is not an absolute. It's just my opinion. Because Jesus had fish on the grill with some bread. 
And he also told Peter, now you go get some fish and bring it to me. Well, he didn't need those fish. And I have, I have an opinion that Jesus is looking at Peter and he's actually referring to the fish and saying, Peter, do you love me more than these? Because the first thing that you did when you didn't know what to do was you went back to your old life. You went back to fishing. Do you love me more than catching these? Because I told you you were going to catch men not fish, my opinion. Yes, Lord, he said, you know that I love you. And Jesus said, feed my lambs. Again, Jesus said, Simon, son of John, do you love me? He answered, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. Jesus said, take care of my sheep. The Lord, uh, the third time he asked him, Simon, son of John, do you love me? And Peter was hurt because Jesus asked him the third time. He's like, how many times do I have to answer you, Jesus? Do you love me? He said, Lord, you know all things. You know that I love you. And Jesus said, feed my sheep. For very truly, I tell you, when you were younger and dressed yourself and went wherever you wanted, but when you were old, you will stretch out your hands and someone else will dress you and lead you where you don't want to go. And Jesus said this to indicate the kind of death by which Peter would glorify God. And then he said to him, Peter, follow me, follow me. And I'm going to teach you something so special in such a very short amount of time right here. Peter was known for failures. He had huge failures in his life. He denied Christ. And at the moment of that, that third denial, looked at Jesus straight in the the guilt and the shame and carrying that. That Jesus called him maybe at the very same location where Jesus called him originally. And I believe this to be true. Again, my opinion, because Jesus is revisiting the calling. He's also revisiting the nut denial and he's restoring Peter. And I think that it happened at the same exact place where Jesus called him, I believe Jesus is restoring him at that same location. The other reason is because Simon Peter was a fisherman. He obviously had a location that he used for his boats. And I think they were at the same location. And Jesus is restoring them. And here's what I found out. Number one, write this down. After people fail the Lord, People often want to punish themselves. You ever notice that? They often want to punish themselves. They can't get past the guilt. They can't get past the shame. They don't feel forgiven, and they just want to punish themselves. But you're forgetting something. If that's you today, you're forgetting something, that Jesus bore all of our sins on a cross. He paid for our sins all of them, so that you and I wouldn't have to. Let me say it this way. Jesus did not pay for 99% of your sins. He did not pay just for the easy ones or for the, for the barely sinful ones. No, Jesus paid for 100% of your sins. And when you are forgiven, you are forgiven of all, all of those sins. So don't punish yourself. The punishment that brought us peace 
was upon him. Amen. Isaiah the prophet says. The punishment that brought us peace, it was upon him, not upon you. The other thing that people do, they punish themselves and then they return to their old way of life. Write that down. That's exactly what Simon Peter did. He just he just went back to his old way of life. And some Peter, some people, they try to they try to serve God. They 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 have this moment with God, and then they somehow they're convinced by the enemy that it's just not working. They they can't do it anymore. That 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 it's never gonna it's never it's never gonna work out. They're never gonna succeed. And a lot of times they just go back to their old life. Just go back. Church, don't do that. Don't go back to what wasn't working. And if if it was working, you would have never come to Christ. If it was so wonderful, you would have never submitted to Christ. But you knew back then that it was that it was not working, that it was pitiful, that it was miserable, that it was sinful, and so you came to Christ. Don't go back to your old way of life. That's just your stinking, rotting flesh back there. It holds nothing for you. No, new life is found in Christ Jesus. Amen. Number three. This is what this is what's really cool. Remember, uh, they're sitting around the campfire and they're eating and they're having breakfast with Jesus, and then the meal comes to an end. And Jesus looks at Simon Peter and says, Simon, do you love me? Well, you know that I love you. Well, feed my sheep. Hey, Simon Peter, do you love me? Jesus, you know I love you. Well, feed my sheep. Simon, I'm going to ask you again, do you love me? Oh, Jesus, why do you keep answering, asking me this question? You know that I love you. Feed my sheep. I want you to notice something. I want you to notice something. I think it's the biggest lesson out of this. Number three, Jesus didn't point Peter to his past, but to his future. What was on the screen was wrong, by the way. Jesus didn't point Peter to his past. He pointed Peter to his future. Peter, do you love me now? Do you see that I'm in love with you? Do you see that it's okay? Do you see that we're in right relationship with one another? Peter, I don't want you looking back anymore. Do you love me, Peter? Well, of course I love you, Jesus. And Jesus didn't say, well, you better fall on your knees one more time and be grateful that I've... No, that's not what he said. Peter, do you love me? Yes, Jesus, you know all things. You know that I love you. Well, this is what I want you to do. This is where I want you to go. Peter, I want you to stop looking back and I want you to look in the the future now. I want you to look at your purpose. Don't look at your past. Feed my sheep. Go out there and fish for men and preach the word and win people for the glory of my name. Write this down, number four. This goes for all of us, it goes for Peter, it goes for you, it goes for me, that we are not hostages of our bad choices. Did you know that? You are not a hostage of your failures. You are not a hostage 
of, of the shame that you feel, the guilt that you feel. You are not a hostage of your sin. Let me tell you something, new song, that failure doesn't have to be final. That failure doesn't mean it's fatal. And when you reunite with Jesus, he doesn't point you to your past. He points you to your purpose. That's what he did for Peter. How many knows that Jesus, he's good and he's merciful and he's kind and he treats us better than we deserve. Amen. You are not a hostage to your bad choice. You are not a hostage to the sin that you've committed in your life. You are not a hostage to that. The Bible says that you have been set free, that he not only forgave your sins, he forgave all of your sins, 100%. Church, if you love Jesus, you are free, and free indeed. I promise you that. Isn't that good news? So we don't look to the past, new song. We don't look to the past, we look to our purpose. We don't look to the past, we look to our future. We don't look to the past, we look at the author and the finisher of our faith. It said that he began, who began a good work in us is going to be faithful to complete it, amen? That he's going to do it in our lives. He's going to do it for the glory of his name for the benefit of his kingdom and for your benefit as well. If you believe that this morning, let's stand up together. Isn't that a great word for us today? New song. Such a great word. And we're just going to pray and we're going to thank God for his forgiveness and for his love for us and that we don't have to live a life of shame and guilt and regret that we can live a a life free indeed knowing that our sins are washed away knowing that we have been perfectly cleansed not by our works but because of the work of Jesus on the cross amen can we just lift up our hands to him this morning say thank you Jesus for saving me thank you for delivering me from my sin from my past from guilt from shame thank you that I now live and freedom. And it's not because of my goodness. It's because of your goodness, Jesus. And I come here today to celebrate you and to bless you and to praise you because you are a God that loves me. You are the one who gave his life for me, Jesus. And I say thank you. And I honor you. And I bless you. And I give you my life. And I give you my future. Lord, work in me your purpose. Allow me the privilege of serving for the glory of your name and the expansion of your kingdom. Father, when the enemy reminds me of my past, Father, I want you to come in and remind me of my purpose. Lord, let me be a person who focuses on my purpose in you and does not focus on my past. For my past is gone in the name and by the blood of Jesus Christ, my Savior. It exists no more. As far as the east is from the west, so far you have removed my sins from me. You have thrown them into the sea of forgetfulness. And therefore, I bless you and I praise you and I honor you. And I thank you that what you begin in me, you won't stop, Lord. You're going to fulfill it. You're going to complete the work that you started in me for the glory of your name, for the benefit of your kingdom, and for my benefit as well, Father. And I give you all the praise, all of the glory, both now and forevermore. As a church, it's our honor to play a small part in what God is doing through your life, and we would love to continue on that journey. To find out what your next steps could be in your relationship with Christ, all you have to do is go to mynsc.org connect. 
thank you to all of you who consistently give, serve, and pray. You are the ones that God is using to truly make a difference in our community as we live out our mission of leading people to become fully devoted followers of Christ. We hope you tune in next week. Thank you.